Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander on a Memorial Day weekend. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm great, Jason. I hope you are. I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing wonderful. Always fun to be in here with you, Bill. (laughs) We'll always have a good time. (laughs) Yeah, it is fun. I I have to to say, I hope folks who are listening are having a, a... a good time too, you know. Memorial Day is uh, uh, a time t- to at least get outside, even if you're not uh, traveling. Uh, you know, sometimes the best vacations are when you stay home. Uh, uh, although most of us are tired of doing that, <laughs> uh, we have to find new ways uh, to do it. But uh, if all we do is get the grill out and uh, get the charcoal going and that sort of thing. That's okay. You know, that's a, a good Memorial Day uh, treat. Uh, charcoal is cheap this weekend. <laughs> uh, hopefully folks have been able to find something to put on the grill. You know, that's been some something of an issue uh, lately. Uh, but uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I think it's been a huge issue for most of us. Uh, although I, I do think uh, it, uh, we, we may see a greater shortage in the coming months. Just, uh, I mean, one of the saddest things is the fact that our farmers are having to euthanize the, a lot of the produce uh, simply because the, the um, uh, plants can't take them. Yeah. And that's, you know, really sad when there's a shortage, but it has more to do with butchering than it does with the actual uh, with the animals and it, it just makes it that much more difficult for everybody else as, as it relates to that you know people think about the shortages of, of toilet paper and paper towels and other paper products and of course uh, that seems to be waning a little bit thankfully <laughs> yeah for sure um but, you know, the sh- shortages in terms of um, certain foods, uh, particularly proteins, meats, um, that, that may be something that we have to watch out for. But I, as long as folks don't try to hoard, I think we'll be fine as far as that goes. But one of the things I wanted to start out this morning was, was just uh, some things uh, for seniors and pre-seniors uh, to consider for themselves uh, as it relates uh, to this um, pandemic, uh, what I uh, have, have been calling the invisible enemy, you know, truthfully. I, I, and there will be lots of, I, I hope, lessons learned from this pandemic because, um, uh, frankly, uh, the fact that we were not prepared as a country uh, for this pandemic um, uh, should put us on notice to be prepared uh, for the next time. You know, uh, when we talk about uh, national defense, uh, it seems like we're always uh, uh, preparing for the battle uh, or for the war, the previous war rather than the future war. But this is one where preparation for a previous war, what we're going through right now, what we've gone through uh, several times before, although this pandemic is more like the one back uh, right before World War I, you know, the 1918 pandemic that uh, 
killed even more people for, in a big way. Um, uh, of course, circumstances were very different, and the national response was very different. And then, uh, but the bottom line is, we weren't prepared as as a country, and and part of it was because uh, the administration had slashed the bu- you know the budgets and and uh, for the uh, pandemic um, group that was to monitor these kinds of things and report uh, to the health agencies and to the administrations in terms of what we should do. And the World Health Organization was slashed and the National Institute of Health was slashed. And it's like optimism doesn't work, (laughs) you know, and things, things will be okay no matter what. No, that doesn't work. You know, you really do have to have a, a defensive posture in terms of what maybe coming to invade uh and you know when you're talking about an invisible enemy like what we're looking at right now it just it means that okay how how are we going to prepare for the next one that comes along so that we don't find ourselves in this sort of thing i mean because the truth is we can't go from a defensive posture to an offensive posture Mm -hmm. without what a vaccine that's right and of course Okay, let's be optimistic about the vaccine. Okay, let's say it comes at some point this fall or early winter. You know, hopefully there will be an effective vaccine before the end of year. But then what? It's got to be produced. It's got to be put out there. And there's going to be a big waiting list mm-hmm. worldwide. So what does that mean? It means that it may take a year to get people vaccinated because there's going to be a very short supply of whatever vaccine is approved. Uh, so, you know, you, you just, it's not like everybody's going to be able to get their vaccine in November. That's right. <laughs> it's not going to happen that way. Hopefully the most vulnerable people will be able to get a vaccine um, fairly soon uh, once uh, the things are uh, produced, but um, you know, from my perspective, uh, the, the, we from a, a national perspective, we have to look at this very differently in terms of how to approach it in the future. I mean, I I think this is something that all of us um, w- want to make sure uh, occurs, but but uh, one of the things, not so much the takeaways like that, but but. Uh, one of the things that interests me is that so much of the advice that we see, and, and that's appropriate advice, is very similar to, to the advice I give to widows and widowers who have just lost their spouse. Um, you know, because most folks, uh, and it really um, you don't have to be a senior for this to occur to you. Uh, although obviously, the older we get, the more likely it is that one, you know, that we will lose a spouse. But when it happens, we're never ready for it, and um, uh, it, it puts people pretty much. I mean, if things are good, most folks who lose a spouse are very, very lonely. And loneliness can lead to depression, which has its own situations. And I suspect most of us, whether we're seniors or not, whether we've lost a spouse or not, are feeling lonely, feeling depressed to some degree. Hopefully not 
medically, clinically depressed, uh, but there will be, I mean, obviously when you have this sort of situation, it does push vulnerable people into depression. And so I, I know that there's more of that right now than we've had. I mean, that would you would see normally. Um, but uh, so w what are some of the things that, that we have to, well, obviously we're doing some of the things, the communication from family, you know, we're trying to uh, do telephone calls, uh, video conferencing by whatever method, um, you, you know, those kinds of things. But that only goes so far, as we all know. We're all, we're all feeling the lack of human touch yep. in terms of, uh, you know, it's, uh, I was, uh, this week I was uh, seeing some things being put on about the colleges and universities. Uh, some are going to go back in the fall, some are not. Um, you know, it just depends on, it's, a, it's an individual decision. And all of us have individual decisions to make too. You know, they're talking about governors having some say as to when their economy will get back. But no, I mean, if you get right down to a to it, each one of us determines, what, you know, when we're going to be willing to get back out and go to restaurants and go to uh, shop and do things like that. Now, I do think that the hairdressers are going to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the fact is we all are looking pretty shaggy right now. <laughs> and uh, so I, I have no doubt uh, that uh, there are going to be long waiting lines uh, at the hairdresser places because that's that's uh, something that uh, folks have got to do. But what are some of the other things that we we tell our seniors when they've lost a spouse that apply for all of us? Well, probably the biggest thing is to hold off on any significant financial decisions, uh, such as buying a new home or buying a new car or retiring, uh, those those kinds of things. Now, I realize that the realtors and the car dealers are going, no, don't say that, don't say that. But the, the fact is, is that economically, now there are folks who are not struggling financially, and those folks, maybe that it doesn't really apply to them, but there are so many folks who are struggling and that are lonely and are wondering, okay, what should we do? And there are an awful lot of folks that uh, their portfolios, their financial nest egg lost, you know, 25% or more because of what occurred with the markets. And of course, everybody knows the market's going up and down and it's very volatile and that sort of thing. But holding off on those decisions, um, you know, is a good idea in a lot of ways. You know, just pressing the pause button, reevaluating your situation, uh, trying to, uh, for those, now, obviously, reducing debt and building up cash reserves. Uh, it's harder to do that right now because people are pinched. But it's, you know, to the degree that you can do it, it's smart mm -hmm. to do that. Um, and you, you can say slash your spending. Well, that's easier said than done for an awful lot of folks, but is it good advice? Heck yeah, it's great advice. So those are uh, things. Now, some, I mean, truthfully, we're, we've curtailed 
our spending by necessity. I mean, we're not going out and buying lunch every day. We're not, uh, you know, <laughs> those kinds of things. And truthfully, um, from an economic perspective in terms of the future, we really need as a community to see how we can support our local businesses because the local businesses are struggling to stay in business. So, yeah, we really need to be ordering takeout food from our local restaurants that we enjoy, that we're, we can't go to the restaurant and enjoy that. But, you know, if we want those businesses to be there when this pandemic is over, we've got to find a way to support those local businesses. And as much as we like to save money, uh, you know, it's, I mean, you know, Walmart is making plenty of money right now, you know, and, and of course, it's an important uh, retailer for a lot of folks. Uh, uh, but, you know, the smaller businesses are, need our support as well. So whether we go to Sam's Club or Walmart or Costco, we still need to be supporting those local businesses to help them stay in business. And the restaurants are going to struggle that much more because if you think about it, even after they open, there are an awful lot of restaurants that can't make a profit if they're half full. They really need a, a, a robust business, and this pandemic is not going to produce that. So I suspect even for months, restaurants are going to make more money on takeout, particularly if we go pick it up, uh, than they, they will buy any business that comes in. Because when it comes in, they have additional costs that are incurred, and if there's not enough people to serve, then that's you know, makes their their business marginal. So we got to find a way to support those local businesses because we don't want them to go out of business. I'll never forget, and I know I'm going on too long. You're looking at me that way. But, <laughs> you know, a few years ago, there was a story down at the beach where one of these many Walmarts went into the local community, and people thought, oh, this is wonderful but what occurred was the only local grocery store there went out of business. And one of the things, as, as good as, as some of these retailers like Walmart are, is they're not responsive to the community. They're responsive to the bottom profit line. And guess what? They didn't, that particular mini Walmart, which closed the local businesses, it didn't make enough money, so what did they ha – after they had been there for two years, they closed up the shop, and then there wasn't a grocery store. There wasn't a place where people could go locally, so then everyone was forced to drive many, many, many miles away to buy essentials. And while that's not likely to happen in Raleigh in the same way, because we have lots and lots to choose from here, because we're very fortunate, but – you got the same issue. If you don't support the local businesses, they may not be here when this pandemic is over, and we have to understand that. Now, there's a lot of other things I want to talk about. So, Well, we will get to those, and uh, Bill is exactly right. If you have a favorite restaurant or business that uh, hasn't been open for a while or may have 
be seeing a reduction in revenues, go out and support them. It goes a long way. And we do have a lot more to get to today. I want to remind everyone that if you need to schedule an appointment to see Bill, go on over to WGALaw.com. You can also register for June's seminar when you're at WGALaw.com. And you can also call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. are listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we thank you for joining us on this Saturday morning. And Bill, we're talking about advice that you have for seniors and pre-seniors during the pandemic. And this, this kind of goes in line with advice that you oft, often offer for those who've lost a loved one. Well, no question about it. But let's let's get specific about some some things. Um, I'm, and, and I'll just throw out a bunch of little things that are, are no brainers, but you got to think about them uh, and do them. I mean, for for a lot of a lot of businesses and for a lot of people, uh, there are um, you know depending on circumstances, if you're uh, potentially going out of business, you know, bankruptcy is an option. But, you know, there, there are a lot of, di- there's several different kinds of bankruptcies. You know, you can you know, the one that's most severe is called Chapter 7, but there is also a bankruptcy where your business can stay in business and reduce your debt significantly. There is a wage earner plan for families uh, that are struggling that can reduce a lot of the debt. Now, I don't urge people to, to go into bankruptcy because it does have long-term effects, but for those folks who are in significant crisis, it is an option that our government has given us for many, many years, and it, and it works for those folks who need it. But uh, now, if you're thinking about retiring uh, right now, uh, and let's say you're at that age uh, well, right now, it, it's really a better time to be making some extra money because you don't know how long this pandemic is going to last and being able to put that money away rather than just simply willy-nilly retiring. And while I wouldn't want to wish this on anybody, um, you know, a lot of businesses are marginal. Um, uh, you know, they the in fact, we, we just learned this week where the uh, our um, – Transportation department is laying off thousands and thousands of, of workers. Uh, you know, you don't see that among state workers very often, but it's like people are being furloughed. Um, but what are some of the other things? Well, um, you know, there are a number of credit cards out there that offer no interest for 15 months. If you're, if you're paying on interest on a credit card, move your money to a no-interest credit card. That'll get you by for at least a year where you're, where you're um, even if you struggle to, to pay, you just pay the minimum amount, and at least you're not getting in deeper as it relates to debt. Uh, it, uh, refinancing for a lot of folks. If you have a 30-year mortgage that's over 4 and a quarter percent interest, 
you should consider refinancing because rates are extremely low. If you have a 15-year mortgage that's uh, more than 3.5% interest, you should consider refinancing because refinancing will lower your monthly payment and allow you to have extra money uh, for your use um, right now. And, you know, now refinancing takes, you know, generally a month to, to accomplish it, but it, you know, it's something that, hey, you don't have anything better to do. Take Use this time to get your finances in order. Uh, you know, there, of course, as a lawyer, I would say a, a lot of folks are, are, are feeling it, and we are taking time. We're cleaning out our closets. We're uh, fixing up the house. We're, we're doing things uh, to stay busy. I hope we're not being couch potatoes. And one of the things that uh, people can do is think about their estate planning and getting their documents in place. You know, procrastination is is the worst problem most of us have in doing things that we need to do for ourselves. And having our legal documents in place uh, is something that is good and that would um, help people. Uh, if you're struggling paying your rent or paying your mortgage, communicate. The worst mistake people make when they get in trouble is not communicating with their landlord or communicating with their mortgage company. There's a lot of relief out there for folks who can't uh, pay their rent or can't pay their mortgage uh, because of circumstances beyond their control with the pandemic. So communicate, communicate, communicate. And to the degree that your landlord understands what's going on, uh, and, and or can help you or uh, basically help direct you where you can go to get help. That is huge. But the same thing is true for mortgages. There's, there's a lot of money out there to help people get by during this period where they can't pay or can't fully pay uh, their mortgages right now. But you have to communicate with people. You can't just go run and hide. That's the very worst thing that people uh, can do. Um, so, you know, it's it's not easy to slash spending, even, you know, even if you're not going out to lunch every day and you're not going out to dinner at all. Um, uh, it's also the time to look at your credit card, to look at your monthly bills, to see if there's some automatic drafts in there that you can curtail or eliminate. And and most of us actually have some of that where we can, in fact, slash some things that we haven't thought about um, in terms of how that works. So there uh, are there's a lot of stuff going on out there uh, where there's relief. I mean, but the first thing is we have to pull it in ourselves. We have to do for ourselves and then if we still need assistance, we need to look and see what's out there. And there is an awful lot uh, that uh, the government is actually doing to help people get by with this pandemic. Um, so anyway, uh, and the fact is that whatever we do in terms of slashing spending, refinancing, getting assistance to get back on our feet, these are things that are good for 
us in terms of everything else we do after this pandemic is over. What I mean, that's all, it's all good. You know, the, one of the things that I've always said is, and one of the, my pet peeves is the fact that so many Americans, so many of us are not saving. And, and the fact is, is that the best, the strongest methodology of obtaining wealth is that it's it's not luck, it's hard work, it's sacrifice, but it's a matter of you know living below your means. It's and that's not an easy thing to do, but it's basically to cut out the unnecessaries and to save money and to invest money every month, even if it's just a little bit. If you can live below your means, uh, but unfortunately, so many of us have gotten into the habit of using credit cards easily and spending when we want to spend, whether we need it or not. Um, And, you know, this is a time where you have to look at what's essential, you know, as opposed to what's a want and cut out the wants and, and take care of the essentials. And, and over time, that formula will create wealth, and that is so important uh, to each individual person and family out there. So it's just what's good for us. It takes some discipline and sticking to, but you're exactly right, Bill. That's the best way to accumulate wealth. Well, if you need assistance with uh, putting an estate plan together, as Bill said, don't procrastinate. Reach out to an expert. And hey, we've got a great one right here. It's Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com. There you can schedule an appointment or you can also call 919-256-7000 to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. 919-256-7000. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can find more about him at WGALaw.com. I am Jason Kong. He is Bill Alexander, and we thank you for joining us this morning. And, Bill, we're going to broach the subject of retirement accounts and required minimum distributions. Yes. In fact, that uh, is something that we should think about as it relates to this pandemic and also as it relates to new laws that have been enacted, Uh, one that has nothing to do with the pandemic called the SECURE Act, and secondly, uh, what has everything to do with the pandemic, that's the CARE Act. Um, but it, it uh, together, it, it's meaningful in terms of what it can do. And, of course, the other thing that's going on as it relates to our retirement accounts is that most of us who had our retirement accounts invested in the stock market took a hit when the market crashed. I mean, not all of us are like uh, Senator Burr, who <laughs> sold all of his uh, stock uh, <laughs> Uh, because he knew about it early. 
And he didn't take a hit. In fact, he created cash so that he could buy back into the market. He may be so, taking a different kind of hit. Yeah. Well, yeah, hopefully he'll take another hit. That's a different thing. But but the uh, bottom line is, is that we as a country took a big hit in the stock market. And so obviously for those who took a big hit, hopefully you haven't sold uh, your holdings, and uh, most of us have had a resurgent, and it, and the market has come back to some degree. Uh, at least about a third of our losses has, has been uh, recovered, and uh, so we're waiting. Uh, it's going to be a while, but uh, it's going to be a slow recovery. But what does it have to do with RMDs? Well, first of all, the Secure Act allowed uh, those folks who had not already reached their retirement age of 70 and a half to wait until age 72 to take required minimum distributions. Um, so for those folks who don't have to take a required minimum distribution and took a hit in the stock market, because not all of us have our retirement accounts invested in speculative things. I mean, there are a lot of folks who have retirement accounts uh, in, uh, money, you know, savings and CDs and bonds and other less speculative kind of things. And so those folks did not take a hit on, on their accounts. They're now they're taking a hit on inflation because most of us aren't making enough money in our savings account to even uh, get near the inflation rate, I and mean, that's a different kind of hit. But we didn't take that 25% hit <laughs> that a lot of other folks did. Um, but with that said, what did the CARE Act did? And a lot of folks don't realize it, but uh, no one, doesn't matter what your age is, who would have had a required minimum distribution you do not have to take a required minimum distribution this year, period. In fact, in, in other words, it's suspended for the year. And so for the, now for those folks who delayed taking a minimum required distribution in 2019, in other words, because you can basically take your distribution in the first, you know, before April 15th, uh, for the previous year, and a lot of a lot of folks don't realize that, but you can. Um, so the bottom line is, is that that for those folks who did not take it in 2019 because they were delaying, those folks got an extra surprise that they they didn't have to take their 2019 distribution either. Um, of course, if you paid it for 2019, you can't get it back, <laughs> but. Uh, but for those folks, uh, for 2020, uh, no required minimum distribution is actually required this year. And it doesn't mean that you have to double up next year. In other words, your distribution for 2021 will be just as if you had taken uh, your 2020 distribution. In other words, the formula is not going to change. It'll be exactly the same. So, um, but, but, you know, with that said, the, the question is, um, should you delay? I mean, in other words, does it make a difference? And for some folks, um, it, you may look at other alternatives other than just not to take your distribution. Uh, now, if you took a huge hit in the stock market 
then obviously selling while the market is low is typically not a great idea. But to the degree that there are other circumstances where you can um, get back into the market a different way, then that may be helpful to you. And so uh, what am I talking about? Well, uh, number one is that this might be a good year to do a conversion. In other words, taking money out of a, a normal retirement account and moving it to a Roth uh, retirement account. Um, you know, good year for that because if you were ready to take a distribution anyway um, uh, and, and in essence pay the tax, in other words, you were, you were already getting ready to do that, then that might make sense. This is a very good time to convert to a Roth IRA. Um, and, of course, the advantage with Roth is that once it's invested, it grows tax-free and you take it out income tax-free. So all good as it relates to that. Now, there's another thing that I like to talk about when it comes to required minimum distributions because there's other factors as to why you may want to take your required distribution or take more than your required distribution. And so what is that about? Well, there are two things. Number one, if you're married, you have double the deductions as it relates uh, to it. So you should be looking to see how much more money you can take and pay tax on without increasing your tax rate. So you have to look at the tax tables. You have to look at what your income is and whether it would make sense because for a lot of folks, what ha you know, your retirement accounts are, for many, many folks, is the largest asset that they have. And for those folks, when one spouse dies, what happens is that the surviving spouse typically has a whole lot more. They have not only their own retirement account, but their spouse's retirement account, and they have half the deduction. So what happens for those folks is the tax rate goes up. It, it generally puts them in a higher tax bracket so that the buying power of their retirement account is reduced by the additional taxes that they're having to pay. And you should always look at retirement accounts as an after-tax, you know, what, how much buying power do you, do you have after you've paid the income tax when you withdraw it? You know, that's a huge, huge factor. And, of course, another factor is with the SECURE Act, and that's for if you're trying to leave something to your kids or your grandkids, guess what? They don't get lifetime distributions like you do or your spouse does. They have a 10-year maximum limitation on withdrawing all of that retirement account that they might inherit uh, a very big change in what the law used to be as it related to retirement accounts and, and how you might leave it for your children. So for the kids and grandkids out there that inherit a traditional IRA, uh, how they take that money out is a much different type of formula uh, than it used to be. And, and people need to, to consider that. Yeah, we're going to have to make some adjustments in that regard because that was a big change. A quick break and back with more. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. 
Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong and Bill Alexander here with you on a Saturday morning. Bill, you've got uh, on the docket here funding for uh, estate planning, trust funding for will and trust-based planning. Uh, Sounds pretty boring, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, my, my small brain can't can't handle this, Bill. Uh, explain, well, let me put explain it this way. What you this, mean. Yeah, this is actually a fundamental concept of estate planning that a lot of folks don't get, uh, and it, it should be a, a very, very important consideration for no matter what type of estate plan you want to have. And um, so, and, and I would also say that this is something that I cover in my seminars and webinars. And uh, I know we're going to have a webinar, another webinar in, in June, and would encourage folks to sign up for our long-term care webinar, as well as our trust and asset protection webinar in the second Wednesday of, of June. And of course, people know that it's free, we, it's educational, we try to give folks as much information, but one of the fundamental concepts that I cover has to do with the allocation of your assets, your property, so that it fits with your whatever your estate plan is. And I've, I've said for years, and I have a little slide that said most wills and most trusts don't work. Now, why would a good estate planner tell you that? Well, it's not my plans that don't work. It's because folks don't think about retitling their property so that their plan works. And why doesn't why doesn't most wills work, or why don't uh, many sophisticated trusts work? Well, if you don't change how you own your property, they won't work. Why is that true? Because most folks do estate planning are married, and guess what? Most married folks end up owning their property by hook or crook. In other words, you buy a house, you, you, you own your house the way the lawyers put it on the deed. You go to the bank, you open a bank account, you have a bank account based on what the banker has done for you. You open an investment account with an advisor, and you get what they uh, put out there for you. Um, now, why? what do you end up having? Most married folks have their property together. So guess what? It's held jointly with rights of survivorship. And all of that trumps a will, and it trumps a trust as well. So in essence, what it means is, is that the survivor owns all the property regardless of what's in your will, regardless of what's in your trust. So if you have some planning involved that... Now, for some folks, they want their spouse to have everything, and that's fine. And and owning your property in that way works for those families. But so many families need something beyond that. They want some protection for their spouse. They want some protection for their children. That becomes so important. Well, the bottom line is if you want something that's a little more sophisticated than, honey, you get it all, you need um, to change how you uh, to own your property. And that's what a lawyer should be helping you do so that your plan works. But it's not just your uh, bank accounts and your uh, that. Your re retirement account has a beneficiary designation. Uh, you don't 
uh, you certainly can leave it to your spouse or your children directly, but you can also leave it to a trust if that's better for them. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Same thing for annuities, beneficiary designation. Same thing for life insurance. So for most folks who don't change how they own their property, their will or their trust doesn't do anything other than control their what? What's left? Their stuff. Their stuff. That's it. And nobody does a will or a trust for their stuff. They do it for the important assets. So think about it. This is a really important fundamental concept when it comes to estate planning. Yeah, that's something that we all need to keep in mind. And again, if you want more information and expertise when it comes to that, check out Bill's free seminar. You can uh, register for free online. Next one coming up is on June 10th. Go to WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. From there, you can register for free for the long-term care assistance seminar or the trust and uh, asset protection seminar as well. Again, WGALaw.com. You can also call the office 919-256-7000, 2567000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. You are listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander right here on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, before we head out today, any parting shots? Absolutely. I, I mentioned Roth conversions. And you, one little bit of incentive as to why you might consider that is real simple. Your taxes are going back up in five and a half years if Congress does nothing. Well, guess what? With all this pandemic spending, do you think your taxes are going down or up? Oh, they're going up. Okay. Well, more than likely, Congress is going to have to enact tax increases. Well, better to do conversions before your taxes go up than (laughs) than waiting until after the fact. That's great advice. And again, if you want to register for the June seminars, as we mentioned before, those are on Wednesday, June 10th. Head over to WGALaw.com for these web webinars again this month so you can do it from the comfort of your own home. WGALaw.com or call 919-256-7000. We got to get out of here. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you for listening today. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander on FM 98.5 AM 680. WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend.